Welcome to the Beekeeper's Corner Podcast. January 21st, 2024, episode 235, Extraction Action 2. Hello everyone, welcome into the corner, glad to have you. This is Kevin England, back again with another episode of the Beekeeper's Corner Podcast. This is a sidebar edition. For this episode, I'm going to focus on one topic, how to produce a propolis extract, also known as a propolis tincture. I covered something similar in topic number one of episode 187, the show named Extraction Action. So it begs the question, why do it again? For this go around, I'm going to take out all the odds and ends that were in that segment and simply run it down from start to finish. If you want to make a propolis tincture and want a straightforward instruction set, this is the show for you. If you want something similar, with presentation that has added background on what a tincture is good for and where they come from and so on, circle back to the topic in episode 187. They're both good resources if this is something you want to do. A compliment to this recording is a blog post on the website. If you go to the Beekeeper's Corner website, bkcorner.org, and search for Propolis Extract Recipe Process, any of those words, you're going to come up with a full written account of what I'm going to talk about, along with the recipe of how to make a propolis extract at the bottom of the post. So true to the intent, let's get started with the first of six steps that I have broken the process into. Step number one is you need propolis in order to make a propolis extract, and there's two really prominent ways to go about this. I'm sure there's more, but what I want to talk about is collecting propolis as you go along and or purposely collecting propolis using a propolis trap. Most beekeepers see propolis, encounter propolis as they go through the hive. You see it on the shoulders of the frames, you see it on your inner covers, you see it on the top bars and in other places. I would encourage you to bring a zip top bag out with your kit and every time you're working through the hive, if you encounter a little piece of propolis collected, you'd be surprised how much over the season you will end up with. And it really doesn't take that much in order to make a propolis, a propolis tincture. The other thing you could do is employ a propolis trap. You can buy these through beekeeping supply. You have to go do a little background on how to actually employ one. And one of the things about a propolis trap is that you kind of have to deploy them with a little bit of know-how in the right time of the season. And maybe your bees do or don't make a lot of propolis and will use the device. So honestly, if you're just looking for a straightforward way to make some propolis extract, you're probably better to go with the first one, which is collected along the way. As you collect your propolis and scrape it off, you're going to get errant bits in it. Sometimes you'll get bee parts, sometimes you'll get a scraping of wood and other parts and pieces, including more so wax that comes along with it as bees mix wax and propolis universally. 
depending on your take on this, when you collect the propolis, if you want a purer form, then go the route of using a propolis trap because when you're taking the propolis out of the trap, you're primarily getting only propolis. Now, the short version of using a propolis trap is you set it on top of the hive, or sometimes people cut the sides of the hives out and put it in there, but I'm not going to talk about that method. It's a grid, not too dissimilar, made of plastic, and it looks a lot like a queen excluder, but the gaps are smaller. If you leave it over the top of the hive, with the top of the hive allowing airflow and light coming through, the bees close it off by putting propolis in it. One of the characteristics to know, as the following steps will take advantage of, is that as propolis gets cold, it gets very brittle. And so you take your propolis trap with the little gaps filled with propolis from the bees and you put it in a freezer. And when you twist and turn and shake and scrape, you can get the propolis bits out and then make an extract out of it. And it's pure propolis. Still, I think you'll do very well if you scrape your propolis along the way. And I want to say that one of the things I would suggest is try to keep your propolis separated. I know when I first did this, the first time I ever tried it, I took all the propolis and gathered it all together into one big ball. And then when the time came to work with it later, it became more complicated because it was all a big solid mass. My suggestion is you leave it in crumbs or if you break it apart out of the propolis trap, leave it in its small bits. You'll understand why as I get into the next couple steps that that's the better way to go. One last thing to consider when it comes to collecting propolis is how old is the propolis you're collecting? How long has it been in the hive? If, say, for example, you decided to take all your frames out and clean them all off and you scrape all the propolis out, I'm not sure how old some of that propolis is you're going to collect will be. Maybe you want to dedicate a season where you build a new colony, put in new frames, and collect fresh propolis only from that colony across the season. It might be a better way to go. Who knows what's in old crusty propolis that's been hanging around in your hives just the way that wax absorbs nasties i think propolis can do the same so if you're gonna do this set up your to-do list over the season and choose wisely when it comes to collecting your propolis now that you've collected your propolis the next step is optional but recommended and i always do it which is to separate the propolis from anything else that you've collected along with it it's really not complicated and i like to use chinese food containers the ones that wonton soup egg drop soup the large ones come in because the process entails pouring hot water over your propolis and they can handle the heat what i'm about to tell you came from others i'm just parroting what i've learned on how to do this you take your collected propolis you put it in a disposable container you don't want to use your pots and pans because as you know if you work with propolis, it's sticky stuff and it's hard to get off of different materials. Although it comes off really well from the plastic in a Chinese soup container. You're going to heat your water to 
175 to 195 degrees. So you don't want to take it to full boiling. I don't know why they chose those numbers. Wax tends to melt at 145 and above. I'm not sure if this also helps to free up the slurry that we're going to make from the propolis. But I don't know that you want to go to 212, which is boiling, as that will likely cook out some of the goodness of your propolis. You add as much water to the propolis in order to form a slurry. It's not a crime to make extra water, but hold on to that point. I'll come back to it in a moment. Really what you're trying to do is loosen up whatever you're stirring. And I recommend using a disposable chopstick for this process. It works extremely well. You pour the water over and you stir the bits until they loosen up and it will form a sludge. Once you stir it, stir it really well and then leave it to the side to cool. In short order, it will, for lack of a better description, to form a strata. Any of the wax that's in with the propolis, and you'll be surprised how much is there, will form a wax layer on the top. And the heavier, denser debris items, like wood chips that I talked about, go down in the bottom, and dirt, and bee parts, and legs, and so on. And in the middle area is your propolis. It forms actually a really nice paste layer through the middle. Now coming back to the water, if you pour the water off after everything cools, you could put it in a separate container and you know, that's an extraction. There is a process by which you can make a propolis extract, especially for people who don't want to do it with alcohol where you do an aqueous extraction and you could pour that water off and use it. Some people actually take it and put it in tea and do other things with it. At this point, you can scrape the wax off the top and like if you've ever processed wax, turn it over the propolis and scrape the bits off the bottom. It might take two or three times of repeating this process in order to get all of the wax and all the bits out that you don't want and end up with as close as you can to pure propolis. One of the things I would say is you know you're close to this when instead of forming a sheet across the top of the propolis, it just leaves little tiny globules of wax, little bits like bubbles, super small. You know you're close enough and that's probably good to move on to the next step. As to step number three, moving through the process. Again, if you're following the way that I'm suggesting to do this, you would freeze the propolis. And this will lead us to the ability to grind and pulverize it. When you finish that cleaning process that I just described, the propolis is soft because it's in a warm state. And I like to take it and form it into thin pancakes. Depending on how much you're making, I usually cut a couple pieces of parchment paper 
press the propolis down into the parchment paper, put another piece of parchment on top, press that propolis down, and then take the whole flat pancake thing that I've made and stick it into a zip top bag. I place that in the freezer overnight, although it doesn't take long for thin pancakes of uh, propolis to freeze, probably an hour or so. When I'm done, I take the propolis out of the zip top bags and because it's a thin and brittle sheet of propolis, you could just use your fingers and crumble it all up into small bits. You're almost good at this point to go ahead into the extraction. But what I recommend is you take one further step, which is to put it into a mortar and pestle and break it up so that you can grind it basically down to a fine powder. So as you would imagine, step number four is making the powder. This again is an optional step. You could take the bits and put them right in and steep them. But what is universally believed is the further you grind the propolis down, the better the extraction you will get because you have more surface to extract from. For this job, the right tool in my mind is a mortar and pestle. Now, I own a couple mortar and pestles in my kitchen. I have ones that are stone, and I have ones that are made of a glass substrate. I like to use the smooth glass mortar and pestle. And the primary reason is if you did it in the stone one, you would never get the propolis out of any of the nooks and crannies. They would almost fuse themselves in and close up anything, which defeats the purpose of most mortar and pestles. The other thing about using a smooth glass style mortar and pestle is that when it sticks to the glass, you can almost use a little bit of pressure with the end of a chopstick or something to shear it off and get it out of the mortar and pestle. So from that standpoint, right tool for the job, smooth, hard mortar and pestle style, one that you would see maybe an apothecary use or, a, you know, someone that is trying to avoid the same problem of grinding something that would get stuck in the nooks and crannies. Now there's an alternative way to go, which is to use something like a coffee grinder. If you are taking the product out of the freezer and you pop it into the coffee grinder and give it a couple quick whizzes, you can break it down into a powder pretty quickly, especially if you have it into small chunks. If you leave it into bigger items, say little marbles, as you use the coffee grinder, it'll keep chipping off the outside of the marble, but eventually it will heat up the product through fraction through friction and it is going to cause a mess and it sticks inside. So you've been warned. If you're using a coffee grinder, you need a frozen product and use it in small little bursts. And if you didn't get it down, pulverize it to a powder, you might be better served to take a break, freeze it again and keep it in a frozen state as you whiz it around. This is another reason pointing back to smaller shards are easier to break apart. Now the last thing you could do, which is contrary to everything that I've said so far, but this actually works okay. I've done this too, which is to leave it into 
marbles or gobstock gobstopper style balls you can take them out of the freezer stick them in a zip top bag and take a hammer and smash them down and because they are cold and brittle it will fracture it's going to take a little bit of pounding over and over and eventually you can hit every single one of the shards with your hammer and make yourself a fine powder it's not a bad way to go if you want to avoid using any tools. Whatever suits you is perfectly fine, but ultimately, again, the thing you're trying to achieve here is to get the propolis into a powder form for the best extraction that you can achieve. So now you have a powder, we move on to step five, which is the actual extraction process. It's not more complicated than to put your propolis and your extraction alcohol in a jar and let it steep for two weeks. There's a couple nuances and details here that I want to cover though to make sure that you have the background of the extraction that you want to make. Universally, most look at making extractions of different concentrations. The amount of alcohol to propolis gives you a certain percentage of extraction power. Three concentrations are given in different guides to make a 10% solution, a 20% solution, and what I'm recommending, the 30% solution. You want to mix your propolis to alcohol at a ratio of 1 to 9 for 10%, 1 to 4, one part propolis, four parts alcohol for 20% and 3 to 7 for 30%. Now the interesting thing about this is if you don't want to do math, you're in luck. You do this by weight. You're going to measure 300 grams of propolis to 700 grams of alcohol. Yes, it requires a scale, but it's the way to go. Now, for those of you who want to get around weighing alcohol, 700 grams of alcohol is 878 milliliters. And there is a calculation that you can do to translate what it is, because if you weigh alcohol, you could figure out how many grams are in a liter or milliliters or whatever you want to do. But that being said, most people do not want to make 878 milliliters of extract. That's a bottle. <laughs> That's just, I don't know what you would do to use all of that in your lifetime. If you were going to sell it, that would be the route I think you would go. So for the recipe that we gave you on the website, it is 188 grams by weight of Everclear, which is a cup. If you take a cup of Everclear and pour it into a container, it weighs 188 grams. To that, you're going to match it with 80 grams of propolis powder. That is going to give you the 3 to 7 ratio that you desire. So making your propolis, put it in a glass container. 
Do not use plastic for this. The alcohol is quite strong and yeah, I know it comes in sometimes uh, plastic containers, but my recommendation is if you're going to let it sit and steep, you want to find a warm, strange, I know, dark place, not cold, warm. The instructions say that warm provides a better extraction and ideally you're going to put it someplace where you have visibility to it every day and you'll come in and give it a little shake just to stir it up so that the alcohol has better contact with all of the propolis. Now, if you can't buy Everclear in your area, which is the case in some places, you can substitute it with a high alcohol by volume product like a, a vodka with, you know, 70% or whatever percentage you can find the highest you can. Ask the person at the counter what would be the best extraction medium to use if you can't buy Everclear and they'll point you to the right way. There are options besides vodka and Everclear which give you a clear extraction to use which is to use brandy or bourbon or some other things but in the case of propolis tincture which is generally considered something akin to a medicine the clear extraction mediums are more apropos. Now it's out of scope for my discussion here but there are methods to use propylene glycol and or as I've mentioned water to do extractions. If you look in the notes on the instructions there are resources to go look up how to do those processes but I'm not going to cover them here. After two weeks of extraction you can filter the solution and remove all of the solids and you'll end up with a clear liquid that is a propolis tincture. The filtering process is your choice, your preference. Some people like to use something like a cheesecloth. I used personally coffee filters. One thing to note about this, it's a exercise in frustration, but yet it yields a clean extract is using a coffee filter is a little complicated. Now they're universally available to almost everybody, which is one of the reasons why I used it. I know from making coffee and doing other things that one of the things about coffee filters, depending on what kind you use is sometimes from the manufacturing process, they can impart a papery taste to whatever you're using and impart some flavor to the extracts. So what I typically do is use a pour over coffee container, but you don't have to, you can use anything here that holds a coffee filter and rinse it first. You don't have to deluge it. You just have to rinse it through till the water pours out. And that generally takes the paperiness out of the paper. It, if you want to know what I'm talking about, take your coffee filter, put it in a container, pour water through it, just enough to soak and wet the, rinse the coffee filter, and then drink that water. And you'll be surprised how much it tastes like paper. If you're making your coffee every day and you're not doing that, then maybe you want to consider giving your filters a rinse. Some products that you buy come pre-rinsed and they don't have this issue, but since you're doing this special product, I would recommend you consider that option. 
Now, when you tip the container into the coffee filter and allow it to drain, one thing to know about propolis extract is like propolis, it can stain whatever you're using, which is why I used a glass carafe underneath the coffee filter that I knew later I could clean with water, Dawn dish detergent and or isopropyl alcohol if it got stained, but I wasn't concerned. And all through this process, you consider whatever you're using, know that propolis stains and don't use your best stuff if you don't want to ruin it. The powder version of the extract is going to clog the filter. And at first it'll run quickly and then it will cease to run and it'll just drip. What I did was pour it into the coffee filter and I put a cover over it and I let it sit overnight. When I came down in the morning, it did seep through as drip by drip, slowly it went through. And the extraction process was a lightly tinted, little bit reddish, little bit brown, but clear liquid and it was an excellent outcome. If you find that you just don't have the tolerance for waiting overnight, sometimes you could pour it into the filter, let it get its mojo on where it gets most of the extraction out. But when it comes to a stop, pull the filter out and transform it into another washed filter and it'll go a little bit quicker. Me personally, I didn't mind setting it up overnight and covering it. You do want to filter the product. I don't know that you want to leave it sitting on the propolis, but I suppose that wouldn't be a terrible thing to do. I don't know. Every instruction that I've ever seen for making a tincture calls for filtering it off of the old propolis. We're at step six, which is the last step. And here you're going to simply move your propolis to the permanent container you want to store it in. You want to label it and then store it properly. What defines a proper container? That's your choice, personal preference, but it is recommended you store it in a dark glass, maybe the dark blue or brown ones, so that light can't get through. And it's stored in a cool, dark place until it's to be used. It is your choice as to how you want to, how far you want to go in labeling it. You can put a nice label with a brand mark. Do include some information with your label, or at least stick something on there that indicates the percentage, 30% concentration, and or the date you made it, and how much volume is in the container. One thing to say about propolis extracts is if you decided to make a lower percentage there is a little trick where you can make a 10% propolis extract and then you leave the cap off and as the alcohol evaporates off, and there is a formula for this in some of the guides, you can make it into a 30% extract by simply evaporating off the alcohol. Now, I don't know why you would need an extract higher than 30% potency and whether you would ever let that evaporate uh, to, to make it stronger. My sense is the better option is make sure you get a really good cap that when you close it, it seals it and it does not permit any evaporation of the alcohol as the product sits in storage. 
a short aside on this is I've made a product made of Vaseline and propolis extract. It's just a small little container and I put it in the microwave for 15 seconds to heat the Vaseline into a liquid, stirred in the propolis extract after I took it out. I did not microwave the extract and then let it cool and it forms a gel. And if you take this, it's good to put on your lips for a cold sore or something like that. Cracked lips. You will feel at 30% a little bit of a tingle when you put it on your lips. It, it's pretty potent. So this comes back to, I don't know that I would make it any higher concentration than 30%. So a propolis tincture, hearing that account, it requires a couple pieces of equipment. You have to make a special trip to the liquor store to buy some Everclear if you don't have it on hand. But it is completely doable. And as a beekeeper, it's just one of those products that everybody should make at some point. And when you have it, I know it seems strange, but you're going to find uses for it. And you'll be happy that you did it. I presented this topic in full detail at the Western Apiculture Society Conference this past November. Along with the guide on the website, I have a presentation for this. And if you ever wanted to give me a call, I could come and present this to your organization. I'd be happy to do that and explain the process as a you know, possible option for a topic for a beekeeping meeting. It's one of the things I like to talk about as... I thought this was a really cool endeavor, and I believe if you give it a try, you're going to like it too. So take a look at the show notes for episode 235, and I'll end the show as I do typically. Like our beloved bees, when beekeepers go together, we can accomplish great things. Thanks for listening, everyone, and be well.